Hey, good morning. It's Monday morning. Today is um, Monday, March 29. It is the Monday of Holy Week. So uh, I'm excited about a great Holy Week uh, this year. I was talking in church yesterday on Palm Sunday, just how different uh, this Palm Day, this Palm, Palm Sunday felt compared to last year and how different this Holy Week feels uh, compared to last year. It's so good to get to experience the things of God, things of Holy Week together again. So um, if you're in the Madison area, I'd love to, or Jackson area, I'd love to have you participate with us here at St. Matthew's this Holy Week. We're going to have, we're going to have a Stations of the Cross set up today. Um, you can walk it pretty much any time, probably after 2 o'clock today, I'd say you can walk the Stations of the Cross. So I'd invite you to do that. That'll be uh, up all week. Uh, and then uh, Thursday night, we'll have Monday, Thursday. Uh, Friday night, we'll have Good Friday. Uh, prayer vigil between that. Saturday, we'll have a lot of service opportunities between Christ-covered meal deliveries and setting up the station, setting up the flower cross. And Sunday, we're going to have a lot of services. Uh, starting at 6.30 in the morning and going all the way through noon. So I'm um, looking forward to a great and an exciting um, Holy Week and then Easter um, this week here at St. Matthew's. But today, what we're going to do this week is we're going to look at what happened each day of Holy Week. Um, as we read together this week. So I'm not really going to be using the lectionary. We're going to be looking more at just what happened day by day. So uh, today, <coughs> excuse me, today we're going to be looking at Monday of Holy Week. And Monday is one of the more interesting uh, days of Holy Week um, to, to think about. It's, um, I'll read to you from Matthew 21, 12 through 17. Then Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who were selling and buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it into a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he, and he cured them. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the amazing things that he did and heard the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they became angry and said to him, Do you hear what these are, that these are saying? He said, Yes, I have. Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise for yourself. He left them and went to the city of Bethany and spent the night there. So this is the story of Jesus cleansing the temple and Jesus driving out the tax collectors and money changers. Um, there's that old joke you may have heard when people ask you, well, what would Jesus do? You always remember turning over a table and making a whip is an option. So, um, But I want to talk specifically about what's happening here in light of Jewish context and Jewish culture and what's actually what it actually means to us today. Um, in that culture and context, Remember, the sacrificial system was the key to the religious experience of the Jewish people. Um, the Levitical Code of the Old Testament laid out, for this offense, you sacrifice this. For this, you do this. It was a very much of a system of, you do this, you sacrifice this. Okay, that's how it laid out. But here's the thing. Most people, um, most people who came to Jerusalem did not live in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a large city, but most of them lived in Galilee or in Beersheba or in Dan or in wherever, and they would travel to Jerusalem. It was common Jewish custom. Well, you aren't necessarily going to bring your lamb with you to the temple that you brought from your home. You would purchase a lamb when you got to Jerusalem. So the animals that you're seeing here in the temple were animals that had been raised to be sold at the temple for those pilgrims who had come to sacrifice. Now, the temple is a many-layered thing. Uh, these are these 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 um 
animals would have been sold, yes, in the temple confines, but not within the holiest part of the temple. They would have been more in the courtyard where the the, the, the closer in you go to the Holy Police in the temple, the more restrictive it gets. I mean, there's the court of the Gentiles, the court of the women, the court of, there's just all these different courts. And so um, this would not have been in the holiest section of the temple, but it would have been within the confines of the temple. So they would journey to, they would journey to Jerusalem, and when they got to the temple, they would purchase their animal. Well, here's the deal. Um, their Jewish, their Roman money that they would have had uh, would have had a um, picture of Caesar on it. Well, who did the Romans believe Caesar was? A god. So they had money that they were using that had a pagan god on it. Well, you can't spend pagan money with a god on it in the temple. You just can't do that. So you had to have your money exchanged to shekels. So that's where the money changers were. Those the those were the animals were suddenly animals for the pilgrims to come and use in the temple. And the money changers were taking the Roman money that you had and changing it over to shekels. Here's the deal though. These animals that were being sold, the Bible has very specific instructions for what the animal should be like. Pure, spotless, undefiled. That's not what the animals were that were being sold here. They were they were they were weak and frail and not at all up to what you should expect to use in the temple. And the money changers, yeah, they would take your Roman money and change it over to temple money, but they're going to take a little bit off the top as well. What you were seeing is that people were placing a barrier between those wanting to worship God and the ability to worship God. They were making it harder and harder and harder for the poor, harder for the lame, harder for the sick to come into the temple and to worship they were placing heavy and undue burdens upon the backs of those who just wanted to come and to worship. And so what Jesus does, when Jesus makes this whip, he's not making a whip to whip people. We're thinking, you know, we watch to be Indiana Jones movies. You know, we Jesus is not out there with a bull whip whipping the people. He's taking the bull whip, the whip rather, and just whipping the, and kind of striking, striking at the ground to get the animals to run. Because then what's going to happen is those who are selling the animals are going to chase after the animals because that's their, you know, that's their, their inventory. They're going to go get it. And he dumps it over the tables, you know, um, and the money goes everywhere. And they're going to pick up the money and leave. So Jesus cleanses the table, the temple rather, as a way to allow more people to have access to the temple. To allow people to come and to worship. So you see that. So all this happens, what then happens? The lame, the sick, the blind, they come to Jesus and he heals them. And now they can come into the temple with no barriers placed in front of them, with no impediments placed in front of them, and they can freely worship as God desires for it to be worshipped. So everyone in this system that Jesus cleanses has a profit-making motive as part of this charade, if you will. And Jesus upends that because what matters is people being able to come to the temple, people being able to worship People being able, being able, able to seek and find their God. That's what Jesus is about in this moment. That's what Jesus is about for us. So, for us today, we aren't selling go, uh, goats and sheep and turtle doves in the lobbies of our churches, typically. Hopefully not. I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what you do, you know, but uh, hopefully that's not the typical case in most churches. 
So this historic context doesn't necessarily fit what we do in our church. But I think the question is then asked, are we seeking to bring more folks in? Are we seeking to have barriers between folks and God? Um, I used to joke with a friend of mine who served a church and I, I'd always pick with him. I'd always say, oh, come on. You don't want me to come to your church. You and I both know you don't want my kind in your church. Let's be honest about that. And they would, no, I, 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 I'm just saying, let's just be honest. You, you don't want my kind in your church. I get it. It's okay. My feelings aren't hurt. <laughs> what kind do we want in our church? Are we creating barriers to make it easier for folks to come into worship? Are creating barriers to make it harder for folks to come to worship? Are we doing all that we can in our lives, in the life of our church, to make sure that people can come and meet Jesus? Because y'all, here's the thing. I, it's always about Jesus. If we believe that Jesus Christ is the path to salvation, are we making it easier for folks to meet Jesus or harder for folks to make, meet Jesus? Because we don't believe folks are saved by religion or saved by our religious tradition what we do in our local church. We believe that folks are saved by Jesus, right? I mean, that's kind of the basics of our faith. So how are we making it easier for folks to meet Jesus? Or are we making it harder? These folks here, they were making it harder for folks to worship. And Jesus comes and comes it all over. Starts over. If he were to come into our church today, what would he find? Would he be pleased with what he found? Would he find that our churches are making it easier for folks to know him or harder? Would he find in our lives that we're making it easier for folks to know him or harder? The Bible says that God desires for all to be saved. So what are we doing in our lives and how are our churches living to make sure that we can live out that goal of God's, that all should be saved? Today, Jesus cleansed the temple to make sure that the many people could come to worship Experience God. Today, may we make sure we're doing all in our power to make sure as many folks as possible can hear the good news of Jesus. Hey, love you guys. Praying for you. Have a great Monday, and we'll pick up tomorrow morning on uh, Holy Tuesday. Uh, see you in the morning.